0: One book, a few chapters, and hundreds of pages have led us to this. Adventure, romance, the thrill of a lifetime, a thousand lives that we get to explore. Join me. Hi, family. Thank you so much for returning to the By Ashley Danny podcast. And yes, I know it's a miracle. I actually have a second episode in a row on a week because I've been so bad at it. So I I hope you are happy to hear my voice again, uh, and hopefully I continue to do weekly. Um, but yeah, I don't know where to go from there. But thank you for joining me. Uh, today is a very special day because for the first time ever for the By Ashley Danny podcast, I have guests. Yay! Uh, and you have probably heard about at least one of them because I talk about her all the time. Uh, I have Sammy who is one of my best friends of 23 to 24 years now. I know so oh long. this. Um, she <laughs> is my true. co-host on the Pixie Dust Twins that we, uh, produce together, uh, as well. Then you've heard a lot about that one as well uh so she's joining us today uh because she actually is also a writer she does screenwriting so we're really excited to or I'm really excited I don't know I'm saying we I don't have a (laughs) co-host um I'm really excited to have her with me and then we have another guest his name is Dan hi Dan how's it going He is a uh, novelist and a screenwriter. He does kind of all the things. Uh, So he is joining us as well. And he's been on our Pixie Dust Twins podcast. So if you are listeners of both podcasts, you have heard his voice as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are not talking Disney or Star Wars or anything that we've been Mm -hmm. talking about on the other podcasts. We are talking creating fictional worlds today. I'm super excited for this topic because all of us have different avenues and creative minds and ways we get to the worlds we create, whether it's um, our own fictional world in like a realistic setting or our like just creating a brand new universe. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are going to dive into that today. Uh, But before we do that, uh, Sammy, Dan, anything you want to tell our audience about you just so they get to kind of know where you're coming from in this topic of writing?
1: uh I, I don't know if you wanted to go first or you can or go first, first dan i'll uh, let
2: you go first i gotta think <laughs> like, about
1: me jeez uh, where do i begin mm. um i mean i've always been a creative i've always been a storyteller ever since i was a kid um you know i've always had a passion for just making stuff um mm-hmm. i mean I'm mm-hmm. as, as a as a kid i would walk around with a little like cassette tape recorder and just you know record audio things and tell stories and in that mm-hmm. Uh, I never really considered myself a writer, per se, mm. um, until, at least not a serious writer, until maybe high school, college. Gotcha. Um, and that was more of out of necessity, because, I mean, I, I knew I always wanted to be a filmmaker, and I knew I always wanted to do mm-hmm. music, and I always wanted to do things in the arts. Um, but at the time, I sort of lacked the resources to be able to make that happen, because with film mm. and stuff, you have to have a big crew a lot of times, or you have to have, you know, the technology and certain things, and at the time, I didn't have that. But I was like, well, if I want to tell a story, I can sit at a computer and use my intellect and my imagination, mm-hmm. all the resources I needed. Yeah. So I sort of became a writer, I guess, out of necessity. Gotcha. Um, hmm. And uh, I actually, I got serious about it after I graduated college and mm-hmm. uh, just kind of been honing that skill kind of ever since. So
0: Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Sammy, how did you get into this? Because even (sighs) as one of your best friends, I was like, wait, I'm sorry. You're doing what? (laughs) I mean, I liked
2: writing. And actually, I used to do the same sort of thing that Dan was just talking about. Like, I had, like, a little cassette tape recorder. Goodness, Mm -hmm. it just ages us. But And I would do the same thing, like, record little things sometimes, tell stories. But I was more visual. Um, Mm -hmm. So I tended to do stories where I would, like, draw things. So I draw little characters and do stories that way. Obviously, I still like to do paintings and when I have time, I like to do more artistic stuff like that. Um, but I've always liked writing like we I did the um, AP English class that way back in high school. And that was a lot of fun to do more creative stuff that way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, the science part, that's how I got into pharmacy was more drew me in more, I liked doing arty things, writing, painting for fun. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't know that I want to do this for a career, like yeah. separating the two that way. And yeah yeah so then i i met robbie (laughs) her husband yes my husband and also kind of important yes (laughs) yes you know he's cinematographer very very much on the creative scale likes to do film work you know he was the same way when he was a teenager a kid he wanted a camera that's what he wanted to do was go around and film stuff so getting connected with him it kind of drew that back out and he's not good at writing so he's got a couple things. He's got dyslexia, ADHD, makes it a little bit harder to do a written form of anything. So he started asking me cause he's like, Oh, you're good at writing. You know, why don't mm-hmm. you help me out? So he kind of got those juices flowing again. So then when he would say things like, okay, well, can you write an outline for me? Can you write a treatment for, um, you know, if he was doing like a commercial, can you help mm-hmm. me with that? Then it turned into, Oh, I want to do this film festival. I want to do a screenplay. Can you help me with that? And I was just like, okay yeah let's get the the juices flowing you know so yeah that's kind of how i got into that so i basically had to like learn how you put it together mm-hmm. <laughs> all mm-hmm. on my own because i definitely don't have any sort of professional training in this field and it's more complicated than i realized getting into it but oh yeah but i admire both of you for the whole novel thing because as cool as an idea as i i think it would be to write a story like that what a commitment man i just it's it's yeah, impressive. It's, so. Kudos. It is a commitment. Definitely yeah. an
0: ongoing
1: thing. On do, ongoing yes. Uh, yes. relationship. Kudos
2: to both of you for being able yeah. to commit to that because. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, Sammy, if you ever think of an idea for a novel and you want us, we could co-write it together and it could be a part of our pixie, twin world. Yeah. <laughs> Just to start throwing thinking. an idea out there. Jesus, That would be fun. Yeah. Because technically, so if you guys listened to my last week episode, I talked about like my four writing in progress, and one of them is the fan fiction. I hate calling it a fan fiction, but the fan fiction Disney. And technically, you helped mm-hmm. me think of the ideas for that, and oh uh, yeah, you've back been in a college. part of that in first in inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's so cool. I I. Sammy, I didn't know that you had that interest in in writing other than art. Like I've always known you as an artist. Yeah. And you're an amazing mm-hmm. artist. But when you told me you wanted to write, I'm like, I'm sorry, what are you doing? Yeah. When did this become a thing? And yeah,
2: I like writing, awful. but it is a commitment though to sit down yeah. and do it. Mm-hmm. And that I find to be difficult at times. Yeah. Painting, I can do like I like painting because I can sit and I'll have like TV on or I'm listening to music. And mm-hmm. but I feel like writing it's a little harder for me to multitask that way. Like I really need to just like yeah. Focus. On oh, doing. you gotta
1: engaging. shut everything like, off. Yeah.
2: yeah, and I'm not good at that. <laughs> I'm a very big your, multitasker. Yeah,
1: it all of your senses. It really demands all of your senses.
0: Yeah, and that is harder for me to do versus painting, where I can, you know, sit and listen and you know do my yeah. thing. Yeah. I think the only time I've had anything on in the background is when I do write my Disney fan fiction. I would put on a movie of maybe a character that I was writing about in there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Sammy, you've read it. It's yeah. on a, we you and I in the story go on different mm-hmm. adventures with different characters. So, yes. like, if we, I think when I was writing like the Jack Sparrow stuff, I had Pirates of the Caribbean on or something to help with like the Makes voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the only time I've done that. But yeah, same with you, Dan. When when you told me you had a novel that you were writing, I remember my reaction was like, wait, when did you get into writing? You <laughs> I mean, I knew you did screen because of right. films, different things, but like novelists, I'm like, that's amazing. This mm-hmm. I have friends who write other than myself. Because mm-hmm. for so long I didn't have anybody else like that. Um, or you weren't sharing, we didn't have that connection. Yeah. So I'm I'm really happy to have that connection with with both of you when mm-hmm. it comes to writing, because it's that's it can so be a awesome. very lonely a very lonely thing to do. And if you Mm -hmm. don't have a community or at least some less, even a small community to talk about it, um, it's, it's, uh, it can get very lonely Mm -hmm. for sure. Very Mm -hmm. isolating for sure. But Cool. So let's dive on into, I, I'm excited to hear about how you guys kind of create your your worlds in, in whatever you're writing, whether it's novel, screenplay, short story, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So when starting a story, what do you use for inspiration to create your world? Where Where do you go?
2: Who wants to go first? I don't care. I'll go. It's okay, fine. No <laughs> I'll just do it. I feel like I usually go first, so I want to go uh, no, now. I'll like, go. I'll go first for this one. Space. That's fine. um So yeah, obviously, I don't do the whole giant, you know, novel world. So for me, you know, the screenwriting. So the only thing I've really done so far officially is a horror movie. <laughs> So, nice. but for that, we like to go back to, we talked about what are our favorite things from like classic horror movies, our favorite horror movies. Mm-hmm. So looking at those settings, the stories they put together, we use a lot of references from Scream because that's one of our favorite movies and mm-hmm. the first one that I wrote. So that's kind of like, you know, where I started there. The next yeah. one I'm going to be working on, which I have notes, but I've not really done anything with it with, with it so far um what i was reading when i was trying to get more like ideas they were like okay if you're gonna write a a horror movie write about what scares you personally Mm -hmm. and i think that all goes back to like your personal emotions which Mm -hmm. i know from listening to podcasts and and whatnot that that's really how you tell the best story is when you tap Mm -hmm. into your own emotions so i didn't even think about that for something like a horror movie but i'm like okay yeah there are definitely things out there that freak me out Mm -hmm. so Go go there. So that's what I'm trying to do for the the next thing I'm going to going to actually work on. Um, but I really like things that reference real life too, you know, and basically mm-hmm. what I was saying, I tap into the yeah. real emotions. So that's kind of the inspiration is like real life and then works that I've seen visually that mm-hmm. appeal to me that I like little bits of. So you use mm-hmm. that not as a copycat, but as your inspiration for when you go to create your character yeah. and your setting. So,
1: yeah. Awesome.
2: Nice.
1: Don't traumatize yourself. That's a little. Yeah, tip on that. I
2: might. I, we're gonna see.
1: I've, I've used we'll that see. method when writing scary stories, and I had to stop writing. I couldn't even finish it. Like I was mm-hmm. a bit too much in a dark place for a
2: little mm-hmm. while. Yeah, that's why I'm doing it very slowly. <laughs> over time. Take your
1: time on that. I have already. plenty of time that's, to do it. It's so. dangerous. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. No, thank you. I got. We'll happen in and we'll, out of it. I will, nev-
0: okay. I will never jump into the horror world with you. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> fine, and I accept that. <laughs> dan what about you where do, where do you go for inspiration where what do you use
1: oh man that's a such a big question like mm-hmm. I, I know primarily I yeah <laughs> no no primarily my go-to is usually music um it makes sense. and it's not so much songs i mean sometimes it's like the songs themselves but i tend to think more in terms of feeling so mm-hmm. i get a specific feeling or an atmosphere or something from a song that makes me think okay how can i translate this feeling into a scene or Mm -hmm. into a a a city or a character or how characters Mm -hmm. are interacting with each other or Mm -hmm. their relationship or something like that um so a lot of times if i'm feeling sort of dry or not really knowing where i want to go i'll be like okay how do i want to feel and then i'll think of songs that kind of go with that feeling and then i'll listen Mm -hmm. to that song and just kind of like sort of put myself in this weird sort of transcendental meditative state where I'm just kind mm-hmm. of like feeling it and going with it kind of like my whole mind-body connection. And then from that I'll sort of start getting like images and feelings and visions of like, okay, I see this person doing this thing. I see, you know, I I, I think in colors. That's always kind of how I've been. So mm. I'm like okay, so I think uh, I see a lot of red happening in this scene. So what would be red? Oh, uh, maybe a nightclub. Okay, there's a lot of red in a nightclub or maybe a sunset, you know? So what is that? Sun- is it a good set? Is it a scary sunset? And uh, it's a lot of just kind of throw up and clean up, you know, belching up ideas mm-hmm. and then just sort mm-hmm. of organizing them again. Like, How can I make this you know work in such a way? Mm-hmm. Um, my, it, It's funny when you mentioned like, going to um things that are your favorite things and looking for inspiration there i do that but at the same time i i try to do it sparingly because my my biggest fear as a writer is like creating something that i'm absolutely in love with and then realizing it's a complete rip off of something else Mm. and then having everybody see it except me
0: so it's like i made this thing that
1: i think is a masterpiece and everything's like oh so it's literally the plot of this and i'm like so yeah I, I try to I should probably do it a little more often just because the fact is everything's copied from everything it's, mm-hmm. you know. very true yeah. so mm-hmm. it's it's' there's, it's really inevitable, but um yeah, so I, I try to be try to find a, an interesting line to kind of toe with that mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, other times I'll go to other characters that I've connected to, and' like, okay, what about this character? Can I you know add to this thing um yeah it's it's really i i really kind of work as sort of a sponge like as a sort of mm-hmm. a or like i just kind of go around and just absorb as much as i can about everything i mean the world around mm-hmm. me sights sounds smells street signs traffic mm-hmm. lights whatever you know and just jumble it up in here and then kind of pull from an infinite resource of things and then just kind mm-hmm. of see what happens mm-hmm. so. yeah very cool
0: yeah i heard like listening to you talk about what inspires you is. I heard a lot of like you are very strong in imagery. Yes right? and mm-hmm. and makes sense. How pictures make you like making words into pictures, which I mean is what we do as writers. We absolutely take yeah. words and we arrange them in a way where it's a moving picture that we can imagine in our brains. And mm-hmm. to me, the best writers are the ones who create it in such a way where it you don't need a TV screen to see what is going on. You can mm-hmm. see it all in your mind's eye. Yeah. Um and that's one of my favorite things about writing and reading is, is, mm-hmm. is those moments. Um, My, I, I, I was thinking about for myself, I'm like, what do I use for inspiration to create my worlds? And I really think it comes down to the fact that if I look at all my stories, like my fiction stories, I have some nonfiction stuff that I'm working on, but um, that's a, even then that I have myself in that, but I look at it and be like, what kind of world do I wish I could live in? Mm-hmm. Cause that's, That's where a lot of my stories come from is I remember in middle school, high school, I was writing a story. I think I called it teen, TTIF, something about teen investigative, federal investigative service Mm -hmm. or something like that, where we were... I was a, um, and I actually used my name cause I was a middle school and I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, where I was a secret agent in this little town of Cherubusco uh-huh. where I lived and, Hilarious, uh, Sammy, you were one of them as well. We were oh all, my team. God. <laughs> um, and it was like, we went on these, all these missions, but we had to go to school and still have to uh-huh. deal with high school. Like. It was I think that story for me, it was helped dealing with what I was going through at that time. So Mm -hmm. as a writer, I used my stories. My inspiration was like my outlet of trying to get out what I was dealing with and working through. And and if you look at young adult fiction, that's actually what it is, is helping young adults kind of work through everything that Mm -hmm. they're going through. So depending Mm -hmm. on what genre you like to write, I think it depends on your inspiration and how you kind of approach it. But like even my Disney fan fiction, I wish I could live in a Disney world. So you know what? Mm -hmm. I created my own Disney world. Yeah. Uh, My fantasy and adventure. I I mean, there are times I really do wish dragons and magic and all these things were real. So I created this character, not me, but a character that I could then live that through with her Mm -hmm. as I'm writing it. So Mm -hmm. it's more of my inspiration is what would I like to do in my life?
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: and then I go to, I go to like Pinterest and I like to look at visual things to give me inspiration Mm -hmm. on like the imagery and different things. I don't like rip it off or anything like that, but it just, what could my, there's so many different fantasy worlds out there nowadays. It's like, okay, I need something to help me hone Mm -hmm. what my brain is telling me it should look like sort Mm -hmm. of deal. Cause I like the fantasy, fantasy side of writing. That's, Mm -hmm. that's where I kind of live and, Mm -hmm. and breathe. Um, so, like Sammy, it sounds like you kind of live, breathe horror at the moment. Mm-hmm, yes. Dan, from what I've seen from your lightings, you're more like realistic fiction. From the one I've read, I mean, it's a fantasy realistic fiction. Like you're yeah, in Tampa, but you're not in Tampa.
1: Right. The one you read specifically, yes. yes. If you if you read the one I'm working on now, the dark fantasy, it's uh-huh. a lot more uh, ethereal fantasy. It's a lot, very much fantasy, more fantasy and
0: adventure very cool. and adventure. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure yeah uh so my next question was about organizing your your ideas do you outline do you just start Mm -hmm. writing
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and do you just start writing because it sounds like you do it sounds like you just kind of start putting everything on the page is that what you were saying
1: with novels yeah um because i've tried to write Mm -hmm. outlines for novels before and like it kind of it's kind of helped but it it usually ends up kind of drying itself out pretty quickly uh Mm -hmm. like it to me when you're when I'm writing a novel, it's very much a seat of your pants sort of in the moment kind of experience mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. mapping it out too much kind of ruins that experience for me gotcha. um, okay. and you know i i've I found it's it's sort of it's kind of a combination of both because like I have to sort of have a general idea of where I'm going, mm-hmm. so it's like what you're saying about thinking in images like I will very much think, okay, I have an image of where I want something to go, and I'll think, how am I going to get there? Well, I'll figure it out in the moment, you know I kind mm-hmm. of. Not mm-hmm. wing it exactly, but also, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I, that, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, and a lot of times, like, and, and again, going back to the music, a lot of times music will kind of help me get into a flow and I'll kind of, you know, be mm-hmm. moving, you know, bobbing mm-hmm. along with it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, you know, it'll take me to where I need to go. And then, sometimes something will happen where I'll get stuck in a place because like, I need to describe a thing that's, that's happening mm-hmm. or like a example. Um, in my last work, uh, there is a lighthouse involved. Um, mm-hmm. but it's a different type of lighthouse. Like it's, it's without spoiling too much. Uh, it's essential to a part of this particular world. And it does a mm-hmm. thing that most lighthouses don't do. Yeah. Uh, But when I was writing about it, I realized I have no idea how an actual lighthouse works. Mm -hmm. So I had to actually like stop and Google and kind of spend some time researching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, okay, how does this work? What does this do? What is its Mm -hmm. purpose? You know, what are the different types? And how can I sort of mutate that into how it fits in Mm -hmm. this world? And then i think I, spent, I think i spent like maybe an hour and a half to two hours just researching lighthouses yeah mm-hmm. and then once i did that and kind of swivel that around in my head for a while i was like okay now this kind of gets things unlocked and kind of get things going again and i'll be doing yeah. that. i'll do that a lot you know if i'll get mm-hmm. to a lot of it i'll just use my own imagination for a long period of time until i'm like okay no i need to actually know something mm-hmm. yeah you know so we, you know we can we can only uh we creators can only wing it for so long eventually we have to actually know stuff
0: mm. so. true
2: <laughs> true yeah. yeah Sammy what about you how do you So, yeah I do what I start with is I have my notes I use my notes app for like everything on my phone so I start there and I'll be like okay I have this idea and I'll start kind of you know hashing it out hashing and then I'll out. save it and I'll be like okay let me come back to it and then I'll think of something randomly you know whether it's throughout mm-hmm. the day whatever and then I'll just bop in there and I'll be like ooh, what if they do this instead or what if this happens mm-hmm. so I'd start that way and then I kind of do like a rough outline and then just kind of go into it, start writing it. And then I'm like, oh, if I like it, don't like it, erase, backtrack, you know, like edit it that way. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like a rough outline that I do, but I do everything like digitally completely. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the hardest thing I think though, for screenwriting, and we talked about this actually with Star Wars is George Lucas. And I know Dan, you had said this so well last year when we were talking about him in the um, the um, original, the, I don't know if it was Phantom Menace or, um, no, not Phantom Menace. Um, it was. Their oh, I know what it was. Revenge? It was um, Attack of the Clones. Uh, it was when he was talking about the sand.
1: <laughs> That's oh, what it, it was. We clones. were talking oh, okay. about. Yes,
2: Attack of the Clones. <laughs> so, yes. Um, when when he's doing his whole sand soliloquy, and we're all just like, this is mm-hmm. ridiculous. <laughs> Dan, you had said so well that, like, on paper, what George Lucas said, it would have read so beautifully, and it would have been perfect, and it would have made sense. But when he started doing it out loud and you're watching it, you're just Mm -hmm. like, what is this garbage? Right. So that's the hardest thing I have sometimes with just the screenwriting part Mm -hmm. is you write it down and then I'll have to kind of say it out loud and be like, okay, how is this going to actually sound or look when it's being processed on the screen? Because there's a big difference between how it might look and then how it's going to sound. So Mm -hmm. that's sometimes my biggest thing is when I go back and I like edit the dialogue and stuff because I'm like, well, no one really talks like this. This is not going to be.
0: Mm-hmm. make any mm-hmm. sense.
2: So that's why yeah. I like to do an outline and then kind of get started and backtrack and reread it and do lots mm-hmm. of drafts mm-hmm. of whatever it is. But yeah, it all starts yeah. on my on my notes. And then I might move over to like a Google document, um, mm-hmm. you know, for the outline part. And then I'll use Google Drive and the Google Docs to actually do the writing. I won't do that part on my phone. That's just too much. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha. Too much. Yeah. So the reason I was grabbing something is I, I know this is not a video um, podcast people, so they're seeing something you guys can't and mm-hmm. I'll describe it. This is my organization. Mm-hmm. Literally, I have handwritten notes for everything, mm-hmm. Wow. tabs, all yep. of it. So nice. the only thing I don't write from pen to paper is when I actually start writing the manuscript, then I go to Google Doc. Mm-hmm. Um, but I out, so I outline every, so I, I kind of talked about this in my last one, so I'll sum it up. So I, I have these ideas and I, I vomit them all onto all these different pages and then I organize the pages and mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, let's start outlining. Cause I have to outline if I don't know where my problem is, is if I don't outline where I'm going. Um, I will go on number one, a tangent that has nothing to do with the story because hello, (laughs) Um, and number two is I hate plot holes. Mm -hmm. And if I don't outline it and I'm getting to a point where I'm like, oh crap, I need to make sure this is cotton. Like the continuity matches with early in the story. Now I got to go back Mm -hmm. through the manuscript and look to see what I did. But if I have an outline, I can just go back to the outline and be like, okay, have the main points. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. that was the main point. That was the main thing then I don't make a pothole in my book. So I don't have to worry about it later. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I am so intense about my stuff. So like I'm in, I outline, I format, I do all the things as I go, which Mm -hmm. probably takes me longer, but it's just, I know myself and I know that if I don't, I will, it it will not be the book that it should be. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know where I'm going. I know how I want it to start and I know how I want it to end. It's just
1: figuring out the middle. Mm -hmm. Middle is always the hardest part.
0: Makes sense. It is middle is very much the hardest part. Yeah,
1: and the most uh, important part because that's where all the stuff mm-hmm, happens. Mm-hmm,
0: yep, yes. that's where the conflict and the climax and mm-hmm. and the resolution and all the Everything. things. I, I all heard the it, lovely things.
1: Some of the best advice I ever got when it came to writing was think of the like. How did they say it? The middle act is what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yep, you know, like if you describe a movie in its tagline, all that takes place in the second act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, That's wow true. yeah that that kind of helped me think in that turn because first acts are really easy to write. Like all the setup is just mystery boxes. Yep, mm-hmm. you know, it's so easy.
0: <sighs> yeah, yeah. So I really feel like we can skip the next question because I was asking like, what medium do you use? It oh, sounds yeah. like both of you are digital, and I'm like a mix.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. I do so... have
1: handwritten notes sometimes if I'm screenwriting, though. I will say that.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Screenwriting is very different from my novel writing process. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha um so in in retrospect what do you like to create the most realistic fiction fantasy like and what i mean by fantasy is like you create your whole own world not based in america or any country that's real Mm -hmm. um or science fiction or something else horror whatever i just listed what i could think of what what do you what do you love to create what's your favorite
2: well obviously (laughs) I guess i can answer this <laughs> uh, <laughs> obviously the horror you know genre i love it mm-hmm. but i do like it when it's set in more grounded reality it's, it's gotcha. much more fun when you really feel like this could happen to you this could really be a thing you know it's okay. always those fun you know like out of your mind like basically more of like a science fiction fantasy horror things but mm-hmm. i don't know there's something about when you just don't know and it could really come happen to you around the corner mm-hmm. I love that sort of, sort That's of why setting.
0: So I don't read or watch or anything horror because I don't want to <laughs> think about it happening. Around yeah, I
2: world. always, I don't know. I always I like fantasy. I've, obviously I obviously have a lot of things I enjoy that are fantasy, but I always mm-hmm. just like the grounded. You know, like this could be a real story. Mm-hmm. I, I I tend to like those sort of things.
0: Mm. Dan, what about you?
1: That's a really. It's an interesting question because it's like a different, it's like, when I read that in your notes, I was like, so define reality, like, or define realistic. But uh, when you said that, it kind of- Grounded
0: me, like, in, more, a little bit more grounded in reality yeah, is what I'm like talking Like our reality, about. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: I'm definitely with Sammy on part of it. Like, I definitely tend to think in terms of being grounded in reality. But when I say grounded in reality, I mean believable. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in my current novel that I'm working on, there's a portal to another world. Obviously, that's not going to happen in this reality.
0: Uh-huh. But
1: if I can write it in such a way to where it's believable and just sort of accepted, yes.
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: that's really all I need to do. Like, I could explain the science, you know, try to find ways to Star Trek the crap out of it. Like, you know, explain the science of it, explain how this is mm-hmm. probable, blah, 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 mm-hmm. which is fine if that's what you, you know, if you're writing hard sci fi. I'm not writing hard sci fi. My tends, mm-hmm. you know, I tend to be more of the fantasy world. So. For me, it's just this happens, this exists. How are we reacting to it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, really, the thing that grounds it in the reality is one, how I describe certain things, and two, uh, the people. Like, mm-hmm. to me, I just, it's like what you were saying earlier, Ashley, about like connecting yourself to a character mm-hmm. in this world. Like, if I can see myself in these specific people in these characters, or if I feel like I can hang out with these people, mm-hmm. that's to me, that's what I need to keep it in, you know, in this world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, And then as far as creating a world that's entirely mine, that's like doesn't even exist, it's I've never really had to think about it, but like most of my work kind of takes place in sort of an in-between space because part of it does take place in this world, this, Mm -hmm. you know, parts of America or whatever. And then other parts of it takes place in like a distant future where it's like dystopic, post-apocalyptic, but still very Mm -hmm. much in this reality. Mm -hmm. But -hmm. there's also like, again, I deal with alternate dimensions, and then I deal with portals to fantasy worlds. So it's like It's sort of a space between our world and the next world. So. Mm -hmm. Kind of like
0: a Narnia sort of
1: deal? Kind of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going through the wardrobe? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, like as a collective whole, I just never actually, I'm I'm always like in between the wardrobe and Narnia. Like I'm always kind of, I'm towing Mm -hmm. that line between the fantasy world. Like I do actually have a completely fictional world that's entirely mine. Uh, I just haven't gotten to really fleshing it out yet. Mm-hmm. But there are several characters that are pretty that I, I do feel. Actually, I I did create a whole mythology around it. I just haven't fleshed out like the history of the world itself yet. Mm. I'm getting there though. But yeah, so I, that's kind of a kind yeah. of a ongoing thing for me. So yeah. Very
0: cool. I'll always love creating my own fantasy world. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm doing it right now. I mean, technically. Technically it's a post-apocalyptic America, but it's not America anymore. Like some mm-hmm. events happen. It's happened. never America
1: anymore in the future. Like no. Mm-hmm. no. Well,
0: and it's and it's kind of not a normal post-apocalyptic. Most post apocalyptics, you go to like the zombie type, like mm-hmm. deaf, like hunger games, divergent, desecrated, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Mine is different. Mine is technology has died and all there is is magic. And it's this mm-hmm. lo- like the world re- is reborn sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we're there's an the whole thing with it um but it is it's like they i do talk about america like the old america the old mm-hmm. country sure. in the story mm-hmm. but it was like thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago right um but i but it's still kind of my own world so i'm i'm loving creating it and creating the mm-hmm. history and mm-hmm. what what i'm what magic i think what the magic should look like what are the rules what are mm-hmm. what creatures do i think would actually come around if this would ta- like if this was real and to happen and mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I just love creating fantasy worlds. It's just so much fun to use that part of my imagination. Mm-hmm. I already live in reality. I don't need to talk about reality. <laughs> yeah. I've, right, right. I've tried writing yeah. stories. Like I tried a middle school series where it was grounded in a town that I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, I just couldn't get into it. It's just not my brain and how it mm-hmm. functions. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I love, I- I'm curious. There are a lot, especially nowadays they talk about tropes in literature, a mm-hmm. lot. Like love triangles, uh the uh uh what are some of the other tropes? Love triangles, um um like the one like uh the the oh what's it called? I'm like the chosen one. Chosen one, thank yeah. you. Chosen okay, one, yeah. different things like that. Is there any tropes that you just absolutely hate that you just want to make sure you stay away from when it comes to your <sighs> stories?
2: I have a list. I read it. You have a list? Go. Go for for it. it. Well, I I wanted to make sure I was prepared. I was like, I'm going to like forget everything. Okay. The fact that you have a list
0: is funny. (laughs)
2: Yes. I made a list on my phone. My notes app, as I said. Um, So, okay. So I'm going to start. I only listed one that I liked (laughs) and then the rest were things I don't like. So I do love a well done meat cute. I know Uh, it's in like all the romantic comedies, Hallmark movies, whatever, but I just, mm. I don't know it just gets me i just love those we love it (laughs) (sighs) yeah even if it's cheesy uh, i just (laughs) i love those i love me cutes so that's that's when i want to put in that's positive Mm -hmm. but i don't like love triangles Mm
0: -hmm.
2: yeah Yeah. no we can get rid rid of those i don't like those those drive me nuts i don't like the this is probably more from like the 90s and 2000s movies that we got stuck with as teens but the ugly duckling gets Mm -hmm. transformed because they're never ugly it's stupid like wearing glasses makes you ugly okay thanks yeah thank you so much i wear glasses yeah Mm -hmm. exactly appreciate it obviously all three of us
0: Uh
2: yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. some garbage yeah i don't like that
0: big time um
2: i don't like the damsel in distress Mm -hmm. again got a lot of princess hate up in here (laughs) ashley and i have done this a lot uh where those are not our favorite princesses but in general i just no because i'm not a damsel dam, damsel in distress ashley's not a damsel in distress i don't like seeing characters like that yeah yeah pass i know i don't care for it and then uh, it's going specifically to like the horror genre i don't like it when they split up as characters i just there are certain things that they do a lot in horror movies and i'm like how are you this stupid mm-hmm. do not split up do not say i'll be right back do not go off by yourself Do not go in the dark woods. Don't go upstairs. There's lots of dumb things that these people do. Uh
0: Did you see there's a new horror movie coming out? Talk like making fun of all those tropes. I'm sure there is. It's a whole black cast is oh is a no group I did before. see it did I you saw see that? it yes and I, I was like is this a real movie
2: it does
1: seem kind of familiar I do
2: yeah I say they played the trailer before I saw it in the before, movie theater as a trailer yeah maybe it was before John Wick I can't it remember it was it was before John okay Wick. it probably That's was because I, I think it. Robbie was like in the bathroom and I'm like it, I'm sitting there by myself like is this real like, <laughs> is this an actual movie yes that it's did like make me the tro- laugh the
0: horror movie tropes I, I like, like the about. parody part
2: I do it's a horror movie but it's got a lot of the dark humor and the mocking yeah. it I I did like that so I'm curious to see more about that and then um last thing for the horror genre there's the whole you have to be a virgin to live rule that's been that's a rule it's a big thing I have
1: heard of that rule. Yeah.
2: yeah where they're like oh the huh. virgins never die okay They mocked that
1: in Boy Meets World, by the way.
2: They did in the screen. I remember remember that. And then there was Sean episode. Yes, they do mock that. I'm dead.
1: Well, I'll get as sick as you can get without actually dying.
2: (laughs) I love that line. Um, But a lot of people in the horror community liken it back to Halloween from 1978 Mm -hmm. because they were all getting it on, and they. Died, and John Carpenter has even come out, and he's like, "No, I was not trying to make a statement that you should wait, or you know, the virgins are the only ones you live. I was not making that statement. This is just what happened because they're teenagers." Okay, stop, <laughs> stop saying that I said this, right. but it has and it has stuck, and they still reference it and make jokes about it even in horror movies today. But yeah, just it's one of those things. It's it's funny, but it, I just don't like it if it's really used in the, the story.
1: I think that's funny. Yeah, hmm. that's
2: the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What about you, Dan? Do you have any? I I really need to actually like cuz I am pr- probably aware of most of these tropes, I just don't actually know the titles like what they're actually called. Like I've never heard mm-hmm. of the term like was it meet cute, the thing you said, said earlier? I don't actually oh, know. I've you know never that heard that of meet cute? No, what is that? Oh.
2: It's like if you are introduced um... to your your future love and you guys like yeah. you meet each other at a coffee shop and she spills her drink all over you. And it's a whole thing. It's a
1: meat. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's a meat cute. I can see that. Um, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I need to actually research what a lot of these tropes are. But the ones that come to my mind immediately I say friends to lovers, but that also makes me a hypocrite because two of my main characters are friends to lovers. Except <laughs> when I meet them, when we meet them in my book, they're already lovers. So, and they're going through some. Well, so it's a little bit more Mm. realistic
0: you're not hashing out you're not hashing out the trope it's just
1: I'm not I'm building up the The tension's already there you know Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so it's that's that's fine
1: yeah but I feel like a lot of friends to lovers tropes tend to be wish fulfillment and speaking Mm -hmm. as a guy I feel like it tends to be more for the guys and I don't think that's particularly healthy and that's Mm -hmm. just you know um it's also that kind of goes along with the like it was you all along you know that whole like Mm -hmm. nice guys finish last it's a bunch of wish-fulfilling nonsense and I don't like it um you Mm -hmm. know and I there there there's a movie out that does that it's not a book but it's a movie called a what if it's got Daniel Ratcliffe in it and it kind of plays along with that kind of like Mm -hmm. hey I was your best friend all along and you really loved me and not your boyfriend who's a great guy he's just absent whatever anyway
0: yeah so
1: yeah I'm not not really a fan of that Mm -hmm. um love triangles they're boring they're overdone uh mm-hmm. they're unnecessary you know i think and it's the saddest thing is that i feel like it's mostly like the like the twilights and the hunger games and like that things that it's made those things yeah teen stuff they made it mm-hmm. overdone well even back mm-hmm. in the day like i saw that in like you know i don't know if you ever watched smallville but that was a thing you know the Mm-hmm. You know, Clark, Chloe versus Lana, and then I'm sure there were other. You know, One Tree Hill. I think they had one. Yeah. Oh. No, see, they had one. I'm sure Dawson's Creek probably had Everyone
0: one. Everyone had one. Yes. All yes. the teams. Joey, All Joey teams Dawson, and uh, Pacey. Okay. Pace, whatever his name was, I right. didn't watch the Dawson. We, I didn't it... either, but I know what the trope
2: is. is Listen, right. Ravi always calls it the Dawson River Kids, and then that's all I can ever think of when <laughs> I hear it. Funny.
0: So, yeah, you but know, no, I, I didn't watch the
1: movie, but I never watched the
0: show. In, but... Harry Potter. Harry right. Potter has a love triangle.
1: Right.
0: Has a couple love triangles: mm. Harry Cho and 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 Sparkly Edward <laughs> Cedric. Sorry, Cedric.
2: Come on, give him some respect. Cedric is not this stupid. <laughs>
0: sparkly and lavender.
2: yeah well yeah. yeah and then you Lily, got the friends Lily, to... snape and james yes and oh, it, and yeah. that's still <clears throat> and that ties into the friends to lovers thing too mm-hmm. both of those yep.
1: right. yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah i it's it's unhealthy like and I, I think love triangles can serve a purpose it's just we've done, we've seen them so many times it's just overdone you know it's just it's yeah. done find a new trope
0: <clears throat> I think because it's so ingrained in us because it's in everything.
1: Yeah. Like
0: I, so I restarted my novel that I showed you from my binder. Yeah. I restarted it because as I, I was rereading everything through and I realized I had like four tropes that are just so overused and I didn't realize I was writing it until I like read it. And I'm like, what am I doing? Lovers are, tri- I, I I was starting a love triangle in it. I had chosen one in it. I had, um, what was the other ones? I had two other ones that I realized mm-hmm. and I'm like, I got to start over. This cannot happen, <laughs> <laughs> not four tropes
1: in one book. Right. <laughs> oh boy. All right. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, um, um, are there
0: any that you like?
1: Yes. Um, and I'll say this, I, it, it's actually a contrast to the friends to lovers. It's not enemies to lovers. I don't, I'm not really into that. Um, not against it. It's just not really my thing. Mm-hmm. I call it, I don't know if this is what it's called, but I call it lovers in denial. Where it's like, the two people are absolutely bonkers crazy for each other, and everybody sees it, except for the two people.
0: Well, what is that called?
1: I don't know if I that's I have no like, idea what that
0: one is called. I feel like they call that one Friends to Lovers, because they're friends and they're bonkers for each other, but they don't do anything until they realize it. But I get but it I feel like, like that's what they've put it, it to. But I feel yeah.
1: like, the, to me, Friends to Lovers is like, there's no feeling whatsoever except for or one person, like, it, like it's one-sided
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah like it's one side mm-hmm.
1: like there's usually one person that has feelings for this other person and the other person's like just oblivious but then with the lovers in denial it's like it's equal you know that's that's kind of what i like about it kind of like think like mal and inara from firefly mm. uh-huh. like they're very like they bicker they get uh-huh. on each other's nerves they're not really enemies but they clash you know they're mm-hmm. both very headstrong people mm-hmm. and they're completely mm-hmm. in denial of each other's affection for each other but like everyone else is like bro really no, like yeah. everyone sees it. like wait just guys just get together already like that's the kind if there's any kind of romantic trope that I do like probably that
0: oblivious to love Obli-
1: ah, okay okay, like okay. sounds like to yes. love
0: mm-hmm.
1: oblivious to love good to know that
0: mm-hmm.
2: is one I did not know okay yeah, yeah. uh any
1: others um I can think of off the top of my head, trying to think of like, when you mentioned the horror genre, are there any horror tropes that I don't, I, I'm not as versed in the horror tropes. Cause I I mean, I watch horror movies, but I'm not like deep into them as I usually am mm-hmm. or as, as like, other people are. So um none that I can really pick out from that genre specifically. Um, mm-hmm. But Oh, found family. I love found family stories. Mm-hmm. Uh Like, mm-hmm. you know, the sort of misfits who mm-hmm. didn't really get along with their, you know, their old, their, their, born families sort of going off on their own and then finding like firefly like you Mm -hmm. know you know a bunch of different types of people that really shouldn't be in the same planet let alone on the same crew and Mm -hmm. yet they are and Mm -hmm. they're so different vastly different and yet they create this unique sort of jambalaya thing Mm -hmm. of of, you know of of a community um
0: yeah you know that's
1: anytime i try to write something like um and i actually got a whole story behind it but Anytime I try to write something, like I always try to create the same feeling you get watching that type of story, specifically mm-hmm. Firefly, but really anything that has to do with that sense of misfit community and that sense mm-hmm. of family. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Breakfast Club—that's another good example of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. what, what else? I mean, any coming-of-age story from the '80s or the '90s, like, has that mm-hmm. kind of like feeling. Um, yeah. That I'm always kind of kind of, and that really that goes. And whatever genre I'm writing, like it goes in the fantasy horror genre. It goes in like the mafia story that, that I showed you. Um, you know, mafia anything. Story. I always, yeah. It's like I always try to I like. Need to re-read it. <laughs> I need to finish it.
0: You need um, to finish it because I need more.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, no, I always try to reach for that sense of like connection, mm-hmm. yeah, about, between characters. So yeah.
0: yeah. I, I have a love-hate relationship with tropes because there are certain tropes that I like for the certain movie or book that they were done. And then if someone else tries to do it, it's usually done wrong and I hate it then. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, The Chosen One. Mm-hmm. The Chosen One is very much Harry Potter. Like, yeah. that is that yes, and exactly. where else? Um, I feel like maybe Lord of the Rings a little bit is Chosen One. Um, and then Ooh. Narnia has a little bit of chosen one in it not yeah. like extensive but a little bit and now anything else chosen one I hate because I don't like how they do it I don't I don't
1: yeah um yeah those you mentioned kind of set the stage for a lot of
0: things mm-hmm. yeah like really you, do. you have a certain ones that set the stage and then and they're great so anybody else who tries it is not going to usually measure up to it no. um it's uh, uh Percy Jackson's also a chosen one that I mm-hmm. love those books. Um, so that one I have a a love hate relationship with. Um, I do not like. I don't like love triangles. I mm-hmm. I can't believe I was even writing a love triangle in my book. It is it... smack myself. Uh. <laughs> and I don't like enemies to lovers. Um, mm-hmm. I I think that that is just like a weird. And I can say it because we're not on the Disney podcast. It's a weird kink that mm-hmm. just is. is is not yes. real. It's not mm-hmm. realistic, right. um, mm-hmm. and and it's. Ugh. Um, I do not mind friends to lovers, and it's because I look at it differently than you do, Dan. Mm-hmm. I see friends to lovers as sometimes, like, two friends that have always had some sort of feelings for each other or didn't realize they had feelings for each other, and mm-hmm. and and something happens where, where it comes along. Um, I don't like the whole one-sided friends right. to lovers, because mm-hmm. uh, I it doesn't actually happen in real life because exactly. I remember times yeah. where I had feelings for a friend mm-hmm. and he did not have feelings for me and it mm-hmm. did not end well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not friends anymore and he's mm-hmm. married to somebody else sort of deal. So it's, it's
1: that mirrors my life as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, I hate the damsel in distress as well. I, I,
1: yeah.
0: uh, yeah, I don't like the girl next door trope that we had in the nineties
2: Mm, um, there was a lot of that
0: the girl next door was actually not the girl next door she wasn't an average girl she was nope the hot one and just they're trying to disguise her actually honestly all 90s um teen movies are really like i love them but i hate them at the same time because they're not yeah. realistic
1: Nope. all the girl uh, next door high all the girl next door characters from the 90s are like now the new like hot girl from today
2: uh-huh. yeah
1: it yeah just uh-huh. kind of you
2: know it evolves. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. unrealistic yep. um I was the one that I, the one that I usually do love all the time is the meet cute,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, because I'm a girl and I'm girly mm-hmm. and, uh, the, uh, I don't know if there's really a name to it. It might just be considered the chosen one. Like I said, I have a love hate relationship with that one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Oh, I have a love hate relationship with prophecy trope as well. Like when you, when the, pro- when a prophecy comes around, because mm-hmm. certain stories I think it works and certain stories it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's yeah. other ones. Like I was looking at this list uh, that I found a while ago um, the age old wisdom trope, the trophy wife, uh, mm. cliffhanger trope, the mad scientist, uh, the anti hero.
1: Anti heroes are interesting there's a there's a right way and a wrong way to do anti-hero.
2: i was just gonna say yeah. it depends on the story for anti-hero
0: apparently walking away from an explosion is considered a movie trope
2: oh my goodness absolutely it is absolutely is. everybody <laughs> does that oh uh, my goodness
0: the teenage sidekick is a trope yeah yeah uh i mean it it is yeah. you got mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of old uh shows have teenage sidekicks oh
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah uh mm-hmm. the bad guys wear black trope all bad yeah. guys wear black True. Uh, the reluctant mm-hmm. hero, the one who didn't want to be a hero, is a no. trope. That one's usually I actually, like actually one, one I like. Yeah, yeah I so, don't mind yeah. that one. Usually, I like that one. Yeah,
2: but it definitely is used a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, let's see here. Size means power. That's just a thing. I think some of these, I'm, I'm like, really. Oh, men who spank women apparently is considered a trope. I don't know why. Oh, for like okay that's
1: called that's called kink
0: i was
2: just like i feel like i know what yeah. kind of novel yeah. and or movie that would be in but okay
0: yeah um some of the tropes from your horror movie list is uh is in here uh someone wearing white and soaked in blood oh yeah kind of like do that going. a lot the the having sex and getting murdered yep uh the women who run and fall down constantly
2: <laughs> they put them in heels uh-huh. The heel breaks oh yeah. my goodness <laughs> the yeah. uh
0: completely invincible villain yeah
2: i kind of like the those trope. I, I yeah i'm not saying good that. or bad these are just mm-hmm. the list no i I hadn't gotcha. thought about those but yeah. that's one i
0: like i like the, uh, invincible. Th- the final girl ah yeah. yes Yeah. Mm-hmm. the black person always dying first poor black people that's mm-hmm. a that's a it's a yeah. bad trope but it's there it a bad
1: trope. it's definitely there yeah, yeah. Oh, it's they definitely
0: there. yeah. They, poor
2: people it's uh yeah.
0: uh bathroom violence there are a
2: lot of movies that take place in a bathroom with...
1: True Lies. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. The Car That Won't
1: Start. Oh, yeah. Back to the Future. Just any of them. Just honestly. a lot of movies. I, I, just, I need to, to get away.
0: Does, ah, it's not starting. Yeah, The guns that are easy to shoot never run out of uh, ammunition ammunition until it's convenient. Yeah, of
1: course.
2: Mm, yeah. True.
0: Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's funny looking at, like, the tropes. And some of these are tropes versus, like, cliches, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. uh uh-huh. But yeah, yeah, so some of these don't really feel are. like tropes,
1: just like kind of things that have been used, like, a like lot. cliches. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. And people like this is this list was characterizing them as not just like plot tropes. Like we have plot tropes, we have character tropes that mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. overused. We have just a lot of different things that are yeah. just kind of mm-hmm. overused. And if you don't write them correctly, that's the thing. Like some of these can be used, even though right. we might hate them. Yeah. They mm-hmm. can still be used well if we right. if we as writers. Well, I mean, they're
1: archetypes. Like, they exist for a reason. they yes, exist as blueprints. Archetypes. You know, it's like yeah, it's you, you have that base, and then you just kind of build off it. Like, how do you do it? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's unique to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I, I... When you mentioned antihero, like, I was really thinking about, like, I'm a big fan of Wolverine. But, like, mm-hmm. most X-Men fans are. Yeah. But Wolverine just slashing and destroying people and just being violent to me is pretty boring and gets boring pretty quickly Mm -hmm. um but wolverine placed in a position where he has to be an empathetic leader and that's so out of character for him like that's several tropes in one like it's anti-hero but it's also reluctant hero Mm -hmm. and it's also you know it's a it's a bunch of different things and to me that is what's interesting because he's not any of those by nature so he, how does that look? So it opens up the door for a lot of comedy, or not comedy, mm-hmm. but like a lot of humor, right? But a lot of like also comic relief, l- you know, comic relief, but also like mm-hmm. a lot of like deep empathy. Like you know, mm-hmm. how does this violent man? How can this violent man be selfless? Mm-hmm. You know, and um yeah. like X Men: Days of Future Past is a great example of that. You know, I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. technically his story, but he was such a prominent character in that movie. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, next to Logan, it's the best of Wolverine.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, I feel like we're going to keep going on a rabbit trail if I don't move us on. So okay. moving on from trips, um, what is your favorite literature world that has been created either by you or another author? Like, doesn't matter, and it might not be literature. Maybe it's a movie world because technically, mm-hmm. screw. I had listed.
2: Yeah, is, yeah, I thought of both. Um,
0: yeah. So mm-hmm. what? What is? It? Give me, and if it's multiples, give me multiples. So
2: my
1: first
0: one was Harry Potter duh good choice <laughs> sorry i feel like that's a
2: duh. <laughs> i was like um yeah i have to list harry potter because yeah it's harry yeah. potter movies uh-huh. literature mm-hmm. all of it yep. yeah just all yep. of it um visually the last of us which just came out i just think the way they created the world was really well done um star wars wise the mandalorian was on my list mm-hmm. because okay the way they do it is incredible too. They use a combination of like the blue screens and then real sets and they build stuff and it's just yeah. yeah. And then the way it comes together visually is just boof, blows my mm-hmm. mind. Um and then I just saw um a good person movie just came out. It's a Zach Braff movie and I have like, you know, in my heart for Zach Braff. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about his movies and why I like them and it's back to that thing where I said I like the realistic settings. And Mm -hmm. i like that when these people are in these worlds or where they are they're not in these nice clean places Mm -hmm. in these fancy houses Mm -hmm. and sometimes in movies sticking specifically with that you you watch these people and you're like you can't afford that like like friends will go tv show they could not afford where they
0: lived like that was not
2: at all that is so incredibly unrealistic and it's very fun to watch and and whatever and it's popular but when you start to really think about it you're just like they can't afford to live there you know and it starts to take you a little bit out of the story And what I like about his, at least his settings, they feel very realistic. The houses are not overly done. They're not overly Mm -hmm. fancy. They're not, they don't have the fanciest equipment around, you know, they're not the like spick and span, perfect, clean, white surfaces. And Mm -hmm. I like that realism, not all the time, but you know, in specific movies, I really like that. Mm -hmm. So that was another, just, you know, it's a realistic world and it still takes me into the movie, but I just like seeing a setting that doesn't make me go okay well how much did you spend to rent that house for this this film that just distracted me
0: you know Mm -hmm.
2: so yeah those are my quick ones makes sense yeah
0: what about you Dan
1: uh immediate response when you said literature the dark tower Stephen King that is my Mm -hmm. fan that's my everything fantasy that is Uh Mm -hmm. you know I mean I've read Harry Potter I've read Game of Thrones I've read Lord of the Rings I've read you know um, the expanse like I've read a lot of different different stories but that that is go to. That's tops mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. That is everything that I would want to create, in terms of like really anything is that feeling you get reading The Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's 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 genre bending. It's just got a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, beyond that, um, Firefly, another big one. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I could do a whole you know whole tangent on Firefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't because mm-hmm. we're from Professor time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know any
0: longer episode it's fine what's that it's going to be a longer episode it's fine, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's
1: episode, it's fine. Oh, you <laughs> um you know any any like i said any any kind of coming of age um breakfast club uh mm-hmm. st almost fire i adore a show a movie called st almost fire i, I have you know. that movie do you probably because of you and holly mm-hmm. really because yeah, i can't find, find that movie is it on dvd or yeah i have it on dvd i've got to find, i cannot for the life of me i find think it i got anywhere. it in a five dollar bin at walmart
0: Oh Jeez, huh, I've like got to be back on the lookout. In college. Yeah. I can it's not
1: on any streaming service. I can't find it in oh, any wow. ba- like I can't I literally can't find it anywhere. It's driving um, me crazy. But I love do you that. Want
0: menu. me to send it to you? Cause I never watch it.
1: Uh, if you don't maybe if you don't if you're willing to part with it.
0: Oh heck yeah, I'll part with it.
1: Okay. We'll get that info later. Sweet. <laughs> uh but yeah, no, de- de- definitely. Uh you know, that's 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 a big one. Um I mean there's it's it's just endless. Like there's just so many you know but mm-hmm. th- th- those are like the go-tos for me is dark tower firefly um you know any brad pack movie from the 80s mm-hmm. um i mean it's just yep. I, I should have been more prepared for this <laughs> there's a lot more i could say this
2: is why i had to write that's stuff okay down. i definitely <laughs> I well because like,
1: like when you were I, I tried to like write down my answers for some of the questions and i was kind of like you know what i could answer this better if i just answered it on the fly
0: mm-hmm. uh, okay. which most
1: of it i did but mm-hmm. um
0: Let's be real. This whole podcast that I do is pretty much on the fly. (laughs)
1: Winging it, winging it. Um, It's actually funny. You mentioned uh, Zach Braff. Um, I have Mm -hmm. a because we were talking about tropes, and uh, I have a. It kind of reminds me of the movie of Garden State. Like Mm -hmm. I have sort of a love hate relationship with Garden State Mm -hmm. because it's shameless, wish fulfilling, manic pixie dream curl trope.
2: He does do that in that movie. Very, very, very much Mm -hmm. so with Natalie. Mm -hmm.
1: And with Natalie, and as a young twenty something budding college student. I absolutely fell in love with it as Mm -hmm. a mid twenties guy who was like, this is not real and it doesn't happen. I Mm -hmm. hated the movie. Mm
0: -hmm. Now as a
1: guy in my thirties, I can sort of see an overall, like, this is what the movie's really about. Like, that was a trope that was used. Mm-hmm. Overall, the mm-hmm. movie is really just about facing mortality and coping yep. mm-hmm. with the uncertainty of life. She That's just his happened, favorite you know, thing. Mm-hmm. It's very, everything I've seen from Zach Braff is about that. And he yes. does it, in a, you know, he's a very existential, very interesting man. He, he certainly
2: is, <laughs> yes. I know going into his movie, I'm like, oof, be prepared for some emotions. Okay.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Right, but at the same time, every time I watch that movie, I feel this sense of like, not satisfaction necessarily, but like a yeah, I really got something out of that. Like that mm-hmm. was a really, you know, that was really a deep and good look at. I agree. Well, you know how life is.
2: Yeah, it's one um, of my favorite movies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that was you know a really you know well done and any any kind of movie like that. Um,
2: mm-hmm. I agree
1: you know Mm uh this one's trippy but uh darren aronofsky's the fountain are you already familiar with that Mm -mm. one
2: i've heard of it yeah
1: oh my gosh that one changed me that's one of those like if you're on a spiritual quest of just questioning existence itself Mm -hmm. i want to put you in a place where you're just like whoa Mm -hmm. there's really there's really no other way to describe it it's just like whoa
0: Mm -hmm. okay
1: so yeah i throw that in there Mm -hmm. It's got Hugh Jackman in it too, so it's just gonna be automatically good. Know, of course. Yeah. Hugh Jackman and Rachel Wise. So
0: nah, uh, uh, <laughs> you're
1: yeah. automatically gonna like it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But uh got I would it. I would hi- very artsy, very artsy film. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, which again, it's Darren Aronofsky, so you know. He's the guy who did Requiem for a Dream. Mm-hmm. And oh, okay. um yeah. yeah. Um uh, what else did he do? He did a lot. Um and then another movie is called, okay, called the Wrestler, which is really good as well. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so okay. but, yeah
0: yeah my i mean potter is at the top of my list star wars is at the top of my Mm -hmm. list i love that world that george lucas created and and what other authors are creating i've been reading a lot of star wars books and Mm -hmm. and batu that was created at disney world and now that they actually have a book like there is a book about a two books about stories in batu and Mm -hmm. i love the world i love it um Mm -hmm. it's just it's amazing um i love the world of of Percy Jackson,, because uh, it's mythology. it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other world that I was gonna mention? Um Oh, splintered. So splintered is a world is a is a trilogy series. It's a retelling of Alice in Wonderland in her thought of how it would actually go and how she creates Wonderland um in her story. I want to live there. I want to go there. It's not the creepy. um, It's not the hallucinative thing we know in Disney, but -hmm. it's just, Oh, it's one of my favorite trilogies. I want to reread it at some point when I get a chance, but I have way too many other things to read right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, there was one other one I was going to mention. Oh, one that I have created that I absolutely adore and wish I could live in is the world I created with the Disney fiction. Yeah, I I made all the parks this is never it's never going to get published unless like I I become an <laughs> author and they pitch it to Disney but mm-hmm. I pretty much made the Disney parks real places
1: and and nice. all of it's real mm-hmm. didn't uh, they do something like that in like a video game or something like that I feel like I heard something about it. or like a series of books somewhere mm, I feel like they I have
0: di- they have Kingdom Hearts yeah which right. again I did this before Kingdom Hearts sure enough I hate that there are certain stories that I've written or short stories I've written. And the next thing I know, I see it on the screen like two day, two months later or whatever yeah. later. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. I had yeah. that idea.
1: I yeah. got a whole theory on that too. Uh, yeah. Because like, I've I had that do. happen to me too. And I've known other writers that's happened to as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like,
0: where did that? I didn't even put anything out for this. Like I, there's mm-hmm. nowhere you can see it. Because um, it wasn't even in the cloud when I was writing it. It was on mm-hmm. my desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, But anyways, um what was I saying with it? <laughs> Something about
1: Kingdom of Hearts, they did it.
0: Oh, Kingdom. So um, Kingdom Hearts kind of did it with the video game where you go to each like world and it's like a world from the movie. Mm -hmm. So it's not like the Disney parks. Um, Then there was Kingdom Keepers, which has a Disney series that um, it took place in the Disney in like real life Disney parks. There's like they were virtual characters and like the villains were real and they only came alive at night after everyone left sort of deal. Even though no, we know no one turns off the lights at Disney. So I don't know where they got okay. that idea. But <laughs> um, so it's not exactly what I wrote. I wrote uh-huh. like the the two main characters, which is me and Sammy. Um, uh-huh. we get transported from our real life world. Like we're we we're like these young kids that are on vacation with our families, and we get lost in the woods of the Fort Wilderness and uh-huh. find this random fountain, and she throws in a penny, and next thing we know, we're in a separate yeah. universe where the parks are actually real and we're raised by the Muppets. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh. Yep. yep. It's my fault. Yep.
0: Uh, it is. And I'm okay with it because <laughs> <All right. laughs> it took us to Disney. Mm, um, yeah. Well, there's other things that you find out about you later. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil yeah. it for Dan just in case he ever decides to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, it's, that's my favorite world I've ever created. Like I'm loving the world that I'm creating with uh, my story that I, that I, I have, but mm-hmm. I would rather live in the Disney world than yeah. I've created. I dig yeah. that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel it. Um,
0: Last but not least, or two more things. Um, uh, I asked, or I have resources that I use for, I'm just going to list them very quickly, about creating worlds uh, when I create my stories or my fictional worlds. Um, there's a generator called, I love generators online. I don't know why, it just gives me inspiration. Should I answer that for my upper question? Um, but there's fantasy name generators dot com is a generator where you go in and there's like hundreds of generators for names for like if you want a name that sounds elvish or a name that sounds like a centaur or a name that sounds like a pirate like Mm -hmm. I don't I love looking through them because then it gets my brain thinking okay how can I what can I do to make it because like in my fantasy novel I have dwarves and elves and different things so I want it I don't want it to sound similar Mm-hmm. So I kind of think they pull from like the Lord of the Rings and and some of the fantasy novels over the years that made and and created the. I think even Elvish is a language people know, like in the. Oh yeah, fantasy mm-hmm. realm. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, he made I, it into
1: an actual language. I think Tolkien did. To yeah.
0: Him. No. Yeah. So I think they pull from that as inspiration for names, and and it's just not like person names. It's like you. There's generators for country names. There's generators for just anything you want. So mm-hmm. I don't. I never like use exactly what they give me but it, it gets my juices flowing mm-hmm. um i love having names like for my main characters i they have to ha- their name needs to mean something to go along with their personality and story that's how i always have been when i write mm-hmm. my my stories so com to figure out what the name meanings are i can search for meanings and find a name i like um, there's a map creator called incarnate.com where you can actually create your own fantasy world um mm-hmm. free version it's pretty cool um, and then I just use fandom wikis for different ideas for, like, magic rules, science fiction rules, different things like that. So those are, like, my four go-tos when I'm mm-hmm. eating- when I'm stuck and I'm needing some inspiration. Um, mm-hmm. Sammy, I see you have a couple on here.
2: Yeah, so I got this thing, it's called Vomit Draft. It's a screenwriting notebook. I don't like yeah. to write in it because like once you write in it, then it's gone. So it just kind of like use it to help guide me a little bit, but it helps uh-huh. you create like outlines and what you need to think about for characters and things mm, like nice. that for screenwriting. Um, StudioBinder.com, I use that to help me actually format the screen play, you
0: know, because mm-hmm. there's
2: specific format and fonts and stuff you're supposed yep. to use. Um, Michael Jammin, he's on TikTok and he has a podcast. He's actually a writer. He's been writing for shows since like 1996. Oh. Um, yeah. So he's worked on like uh, King of the Hill, I believe just shoot me like sitcoms, but he mm-hmm. does like, um, he'll talk about like what it's right to be, what it's like to be a writer, how you can get into that world. If you're kind of interested in being a screenwriter, particularly for shows or whatever interests you. So he does, like I said, a TikTok and he has a podcast that he does. Nice. Um, And then there's another podcast, Script Notes, which is highly recommended by everybody for, like, screenwriting tips. So, yeah. I really like podcasts because I like to listen to stuff as I do other things. (laughs) So that's my usual go-to.
1: Yeah,
0: Uh, Dan, do you have anything that you, like, go to use when you're writing or you just kind of – It's kind of – comes
1: up as you go. It really comes up as I go. Uh, YouTube. Mm -hmm. I just throw YouTube YouTube on there. uh, Google Images, um, you know. Pinterest.
0: So. I I use it I, for inspiration. That's all I use it yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs>
1: Pinterest, Instagram. Um, you know. I have used I think it was what was the last one you used, Sammy? The screenwriting
2: Um there's a script StudioBinder.com. Notes. There's a script notes um podcast and then like Studio Binder. Maybe .com.
1: it was one of those, because I've used one of those before that had like a whole list of like archetype, like character archetypes and what their mm-hmm. relationships are to each other. That one helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was that one, but. Um,
2: yeah, I don't remember what's on which. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, no, no, I got gotcha. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, a- anything and everything. That's, you know,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, infinite yeah.
1: resource of uh, inspiration there. Yeah, Google. Yeah. Uh, Google. Cool. Yeah, yep. Google's your best friend. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So uh, listeners, if you guys have any resources you'd like to share with us, of course, go to my Instagram and share it on the post that I'll be posting about resources Mm -hmm. or just anywhere if you want to message me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Working on, let's wrap this up. So, Sammy, what are you working on right now?
2: So I have a horror script that I am currently, that's the one I was talking about, I'm currently in the early stages of working on Mm -hmm. because the next um, filmmaker challenge will be in the fall. So that's what it's going to be for. So. That's why I probably shoot sometime in the summer, late summer. So that's why I'm starting to work on it now. And then Robbie just asked me about um, doing a true crime screenplay based on his friend that I told you all about, um, who recently oh, yes. was on trial. So I was like, you know what? If I get some information, I can I can try and see what I can do with it. So it'll be fictionalized. I don't plan on like, yeah, like doing the real names and things, but yeah. Is the trial over? It sure
0: is. Yes. Um, I'm assuming guilty.
2: He was found guilty. The, the They did not take very long. They just took a couple hours to get that verdict out. So.
0: Has he been sentenced? Sent, sent not in?
2: until the end of the month. So, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's a lot. So I'm, I need to collect more information on it. But I was like, yep, I can dive into that. I will take on the challenge.
1: Oh, good luck. Mm, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, what you working on? Uh currently the thing i'm working on is uh dark sci-fi fantasy um mm-hmm. the one I, the one i i i more or less mentioned it earlier um and i i've had the idea for ages but i started the i started getting serious about writing it um during covid cuz what else am i going to do mm-hmm. um, and then i put it away for about a year and then kind of went back to it and realized everything after maybe the first 20 30 pages i despised so mm-hmm. I'm Talk literally about, going, for a writer. Yeah, yeah. I'm literally going through it once again and changing like almost everything. Mm-hmm. uh yeah. But I actually like this version a lot better. Good. Um, so yeah, it's that's it's dead. coming along. It's coming along. It's you know don't, not sure when, but it's getting there. It's gonna get there. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then eventually you're gonna go back to your mafia one,
1: right? Oh yeah. Well, that's okay, actually yeah. the thing. I mean, uh, that mafia family. I've I've established them as a legit family as opposed to just parodies of ourselves from college uh and they exist a in parody my
0: parody of us in there
1: that's mm-hmm. what it was well that's what they were okay I mean, they were us playing characters of ourselves and I mean, okay. we just we did it so much we just like you know start, created versions of it that were so elaborate and i eventually just decided to make a story out of it
0: uh yeah because we really did dive into
1: that a little bit more we got than too I think deep normal. into it Although... when... <laughs>
0: it's not like we did anything like it's no just no i'm just saying fun,
1: like yeah just more deep than most people get into it like we got no, we that's because we're all elaborate. creatives
0: and our our brains go there because all it's of us true. in our group are some sort of creative whether it was music or art or or writing or whatever it was very true very true our whole group was a creative group and yeah. it just kind of we started i don't even know who started it who started it
1: probably i think it was robin ralph of course because they were the only one like I still don't it know might have been switch. Rob it might it might have been wrong because like he's usually the one who does like hey, Frankie hey, Tony yeah he's the one who usually kind of does the voice and then Ralph kind of got into it and like mm-hmm. the names Frankie and Tony were already taken so I was like well what can I do that's totally off the beat and I was like, I'll just make my guy a Russian guy and then just mm-hmm. kind of built from there so
0: who is Frankie and who's Tony or is Ralph technically... is Frankie
1: Ralph is Frankie Rob is Tony
0: okay I always and
1: forget and always I Chi- and I am Chekhov.
0: Yes, I know you're Chekhov, and Holly is the boss lady,
1: mm-hmm. and I'm the Krieger, Mm-hmm.
0: and we got the stupid Windsor. Mm-hmm. I it, it, That was one thing. When Rob started bringing in people that weren't really technically a part of our group, they were like outskirts of our, like we had the central group, and then there was people in the outer a little, a little, a little. When he started bringing them in, that's when I was done. I'm like, mm-hmm. fine. I don't want to deal with this anymore, especially when it was someone who practically broke up with me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But anywho, that's a personal note. Yeah. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for coming in. Like yeah. not coming in. You didn't come in. Thanks so much <laughs> for joining me on my podcast and being my very first guest. Yay. Um, I hope that uh my my listeners out there, my my writing fam who's listening in enjoyed it. If you have again anything you want to share, maybe it's your favorite trope or trope you hate or something you're working on. I'd love to hear about it. Um again, in the writing community, we need to be here for each other. Um, I do just want, before I wrap up, uh, do just want to do a quick check-in. I gave a goal last week that I'm going to spend an hour, hour to two hours each week, once a week writing because I've been doing a poor job of it. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't done it for this week yet because I'm recording a week ahead of time. I'm doing it today after I get off this podcast. So I'll hopefully have that. I should have that completed by this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And then next week, we are going to be talking about, should you worry about the technical? Should you worry as you're writing your novel about grammar, formatting, all all the different things. We're going to dive into that a little bit um, because there are, I've known people uh, doing conflicting ideas. Some people think you should worry about your grammar and all the things and do editing Mm -hmm. as you go. Some people think you should just put it on the page and edit it afterwards or send it to an editor. Uh, We're going to dive into that uh, or I'm going to dive into that uh, next week. So family, I hope you enjoyed the adventure with me, Ashley, Danny, and my amazing guests, Sammy and Dan. Join me next week as we dive into another story that will help you escape reality if for only a moment bye friends